Episode 76, Church History, Part 32. In the 17th century, slavery is now being dominated by the Puritans of England. What was once dominated by Portugal and Spain is now being controlled by the European monarchs and Puritans of England. Thousands of English Puritans disagreed with the Church of England and left England to come to their new world in what is known today as the United States. They claimed to have discovered a new world that was only new to them because natives and Aztecs were already living on this land. England, aka Landstillers, colonized Virginia. The New England British colonies, which included Massachusetts, New Hampshire, Rhode Island, Connecticut, and the list goes on. So you had the English monarchs trading and sending slaves to the U.S. And you had Puritans that had left England already on the land. And to build the land, they used our people, the Israelites, by forcing us into chattel slavery. Facinghistory.org, Religion and Colonial America, Trends, Regulations, and Beliefs, States. Christian religious groups played an influential role in each of the British colonies and most attempted to enforce strict religious observance through both colony governments and local town rules. Most attempted to enforce strict religious observance. Laws mandated that everyone attended a house of worship and paid taxes that funded the salaries of the ministers. Eight of 13 British colonies had official or established churches, and in those colonies, dissenters who sought to practice a different version of Christianity or a non-Christian faith were sometimes persecuted. Although most colonists considered themselves Christians, this did not mean that they lived in a culture of religious unity. Instead, different Christian groups often believed that their own practices and faiths provided unique values that needed protection against those who disagreed, driving a need for rule and regulation. Slavery was shaped by religion, the use of violence against slaves, their social inequality, together with the settlers' contempt for all religions other than Christianity, resulted in destructiveness of extraordinary breath, the loss of traditional religious practices among the millions of slaves brought to the mainland colonies, our Hebrew heritage, the Torah, the Old Testament prophets, the teachings of Isaiah were lost. Author Gerald Horn wrote a book titled The Apocalypse of Settler Colonialism, The Roots of Slavery, White Supremacy, and Capitalism in the 17th Century America and the Caribbean. He says, it's the 17th century that stands out conspicuously as the takeoff for London's involvement in the nasty business of enslavement which simultaneously delivered bounteous profits that set the stage for a racializing rationalization of inhumanity while setting yet another stage for the takeoff of an enhanced capitalism. Europeans generally enslaved some two million Africans during the 17th century, half of them from the West Central Africa and most of the rest from the states abutting today's Ghana and the Bights of Benin and Biafra. England had a 33% share of the slave trade in 1673 and 74% by 1683 of that 
dreadful total, the Royal African Company, under the thumb of the crown, held a hefty 90% share in 1690. But as we talked before, with deregulation and the entrance into the sinfully profitable market by freelance merchants, this total had shrunk to 8% by 1701. This political and economic victory over monarchy by merchants undergirded the popular politics they represented, which eventuated in a republicanism that scored its paradigmatic triumph in 1776. KenanPreppers.org states, the colonists who desired a new monarch-free republic, in other words, established that very republic in opposition to Great Britain on the basis of commerce. With the founding of the United States of America, world trade and commerce grew exponentially, decade after decade, and the slave trade was used to increase the wealth of nations throughout the world. In fact, as monarchies weakened over time, merchants rose to prominence and amassed power and wealth through increased trade. Gerald Horn writes, as the religious conflict that animated the 17th century began to recede, Christian versus Muslim, Catholic versus Protestant, as the filthy wealth generated by slavery and dispossession accelerated, capitalism and profit became the new deity with its Korea in the basilicas of Wall Street. The new religion had its own doctrine and theologies with the logic of the market and its efficient market theory, supplanting papal infallibility as the new North Star. Star. Management terrorists had sanctified capitalism in much the same way that clergymen of yore sanctified feudalism. Business schools or cathedrals of capitalism, consultants or its traveling fries. Just as the clergy in the days of feudalism spoke in Latin to give their words an air of authority, the myrmidons of capitalism speak in a similarly indecipherable mumbo jumbo. To this day, a reformation akin to Martin Luther's of 1517 has been delayed in arrival. Actually, reducing the present to capitalism is somewhat misleading since today's status quo represents a complex melange of vestige of slavery. The still exploited African population in the United States and elsewhere, capitalism and feudalism from which it emerged. BBC.com states, slavery thrived under colonial rule. British and Dutch settlers relied on enslaved people to help establish forms and build the new towns and cities that would eventually become the United States. Enslaved people were brought to work on the cotton, sugar, and tobacco plantations. The crops they grew were sent to Europe or to the northern colonies to be turned into finished products. Those finished goods were used to fund trips to Africa to obtain more slaves who were then trafficked back to America. This triangle trading route was profitable for investors. To raise the money to start, many future plantation owners turned to capital markets in London, selling debt that was used to purchase boats, goods, and eventually people. Later in the 19th century, U.S. banks and southern states would sell securities that helped fund the expansion of slave-run plantations to balance the risk that came with forcibly bringing humans from Africa to America, insurance policies were purchased. These policies protected against the risk of a boat sinking and the risk of losing individual slaves once they made it to America. Some of the largest insurance firms in the U.S., New York Life, 
AIG and Aetna sold policies that ensured slave owners would be compensated if the slaves they owned were injured or killed. By the mid-19th century, exports of raw cotton accounted for more than half of U.S. overseas shipments. What wasn't sold abroad was sent to mills in northern states, including Massachusetts and Rhode Island, to be turned into fabric. The money Southern plantation owners earned couldn't be kept under mattresses or behind loose floorboards. American banks accepted their deposits and counted enslaved people as assets. When assessing a person's wealth, who were the banks? J.P. Morgan, a.k.a. Chase Bank, Citibank, Bank of America, and Wells Fargo. And Wall Street itself, where today a 42-story condominium stands on 74 Wall Street, was an auction block for slaves. The first enslaved workers who were brought to the site were tasked with constructing defenses for the small Dutch colony in the form of a wall across the town's northern frontier. Years later, the wall would be taken down and its fragments used to level the roads and expand the island as landfill. All of the requisite labor was done by enslaved people. Site of New York slave market at atlasobscura.com states, at the start of the 18th century, the corner of Wall and Pearl Street was an open air market where enslaved people were unloaded from ships in the nearby East River. At that time, the river was much closer at Water Street, which meant that the enslaved people were bought and sold right under the shadow of their floating prisons. Later development brought a sheltered complex, city oversight, and of course, tax revenue. Enslaved people were sold throughout the city and its surrounding region. In a wider scope, New York positioned itself as the port city where agriculture goods grown by slaves in the South were financed, refined, packaged, and shipped around the world. The New York Stock Exchange just up the street owes its startup capital to an economy fueled by enslaved people and their labor. Slavery was an overwhelmingly important fact of the American economy, explains Seven Burkett, Lord Bell Professor of American History at Harvard University. Nation.com states, Eugene McCarr's new book, The Enchantments of Mammon, How Capitalism Became the Religion of Martigny, offers a different rendering of our modern age, one in which the mysteries and sacraments of religion were transferred to the way we perceive market forces and economic development. The new world that capitalism created, McCarr argues, is characterized not by disenchantment, but by a migration of the set apart to the realm of production and consumption, profit and price, trade and economic tribulation. Capitalism, in other words, is the new religion, a system full of enchanted superstitions and unfounded beliefs and beholden to its own clerisy of economists and managers its own iconography of advertising and public relations, and its own political theology, a view of history and politics that is permissed on the inevitably of the capitalist system spreading across the world. KingdomPreppers.org states, 
But speaking of Protestantism, when we arrive at the New World and the institution of slavery, it was Protestants who effectively took capitalism to new heights after breaking away from the Mother Church. Remember that these very Protestants were former Christians who hailed from various European nations, being essentially a part of the beast with ten horns upon whom the prostitute church sat per Revelations 17 and 3. Reaching down to verse 16, we see the same beast, along with its ten horns, have a change of heart concerning their rider. This reeks of the Protestant Reformation following that prophetic event and the subsequent colonial enterprises that accommodated Protestant migration. Protestant America, made up primarily of former Europeans, declared independence and completely broke with Europe, which led to the American Revolutionary War. The result was a new nation that was patterned after those in ancient Europe, particularly Greece and Rome, and whose religion was akin to Roman Catholicism being its direct offshoot. In a way, it was like a second beast power had emerged. The colonization of what is now the United States was all about capitalism, and capitalism could only be achieved through Christianity. Colonization and slavery, just like the Roman Catholic Christian Church had done. The Roman Catholic Christian Church, in the name of Christianity, engaged in war after war to specifically confiscate massive areas of land and wealth through theft, Taxes, the feudal system, which determined the classes of society, slavery, and of course, religion. Christianity justified colonialism. Christianity justified slavery. And Christianity and colonialism and slavery justified capitalism, which was their underlining goal or root cause to all this madness century after century. Our people, the Hebrew Israelites, built America just as we built Egypt during the days of Pharaoh, who refused to let us go, Yah's chosen people. Well, just as the Most High delivered our ancestors, Moses and the Israelites, or Yisraelah, which is our Bantu name for Israelites, as he delivered us from the evil Pharaoh of that day, without a doubt, he will deliver us from our present Pharaohs in our midst from coast to coast and shore to shore. Deuteronomy 26 and 6. And the Egyptians evil entreated us and afflicted us and laid upon us hard bondage. And when we cried unto Yah, our father, Yah heard our voice and looked on our affliction and our labor and our oppression. And Yah brought us forth out of Egypt, out of America, out of the Caribbean, out of Haiti, out of Brazil, and to wherever we are dispersed with a mighty hand and with an outstretched arm and with great terribleness and with signs and with wonders. And he hath brought us unto this place and hath given us this land, even a land that floweth with milk and honey. As we seek truth, please seek truth with us. Please send questions or comments to info at truthwars.com or comment here. We don't claim to know everything. We just seek the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob that knows everything. Let truth roar. Let truth reign. Let truth speak. And let truth set you and your entire family free. Truth roars. Truth reigns. Truth speaks. Truth 
sets me free. Please see a podcast disclaimer at truthwars.com.